0: welcome to the latest edition of around the rings radio i'm ed hula getting one of the biggest teams organized for the winter olympics in pyeongchang is the job of alan ashley director of sports performance for the u.s olympic committee winter sports is a big part of alan ashley's life he's been with the usoc since 2004 since 2010 in his current post and before that he was with u.s ski and snowboard for 16 years after graduating from the University of Colorado. Based in Colorado Springs, Ashley directs the department of the USOC that handles support and resources to the national governing bodies, to the top athletes who compete internationally. It includes funding for coaching support, sports science, sports medicine, logistics, and on site operations in support of performance at the games. And I guess that's where Alan Ashley is headed. This week, he's going to Asia, first to Korea, or first to Tokyo, rather, then to Korea. His latest trip to that part of the world to prepare for the arrival of the U.S. team for these first Winter Olympics for South Korea. Alan Ashley, thanks very much for for joining us today. Ed, happy to be on on with you. First of all, how many trips have you made to Pyeongchang, to Korea? I
1: think I'm on about uh, six or seven now, and, uh, you know, we've been kind of splitting our time a little bit between Pyeong, Pyeongchang and, uh, and Tokyo and in preparation for 2020 as well. But, uh, yeah, every time I go over there, I try to make a, make most use of uh, traveling to Asia.
0: How is the preparation for the U S going for the, for the winter Olympics in Korea?
1: <clears throat> I, I'm actually really excited about where, where things stand for, both for the team in terms of the, the athletes and how it's shaping up for them, but also uh, kind of the logistics on the ground there. And, um, uh, you know, we, uh, we had a lot of test events last year and had a, a group on the ground pretty much um, the month of February and early March working with the different uh, national governing bodies that came through um, and had their test events. And we we're able to test out, you know, nutrition and sports science, sports medicine, you know, uh, and really just kind of get a lay of the land. And I think the, the uh, venue operators and the venue managers and sort of the, the setup we have on the ground there uh, operationally for the athletes to compete is really just great
0: well how is the preparation on the part of korea are the venues ready will the olympic village be ready to go
1: yeah yeah the village will be ready the uh the venues are ready you know i think one of the great uh, reasons to do these test events is really to test out some of their systems and uh, and it worked well so I feel strongly about the way that the venues are, gonna, are going to operate. And, uh, and like I say, the Villages are you know, on track. They're not quite finished yet, but they'll be finished shortly, and, uh, and we'll and, and be ready to go.
0: Is the preparation better than Sochi? I think there were uh, some uh, unfinished, unfinished works by the time the games were rolling closer to, uh, to, uh, to completion there. How is it in Korea?
1: Yeah, the, Korea, the Koreans have done a really good job that way. They've, uh, I think, they've always kind of been a little bit ahead of schedule. They're very detail oriented, and and um, from the standpoint of, you know, my my um, view of how this solve unfolded, it's been a little ahead of schedule and, and really uh, really in good shape. So I think that's been that's been nice.
0: But in a country without a lot of experience in in winter sports. Have they been able to overcome that particular challenge? Are they ready to take on the take on the world and take care of the Winter Olympics?
1: They have. You know, I think one of the things they've done nicely is they've uh, been really pretty good partners with the International Federation. So I think they've taken a lot of their leadership from them. And so the construction of the venues and the operation of the venues and the quality of the, of the way that they've been constructed has been really good. And I think it's uh, pretty sport-friendly. Um, from that standpoint. And the other thing I'd say is that um, really winter conditions, you know, when I was I was there last February and, um, you know, it was cold, it was snowy, the snow conditions were great. So I think it was uh, going to be a, a great winter games that way.
0: How big will the U.S. team be for the Olympics?
1: Uh, we're going to probably be around 250, 260, somewhere in that neighborhood. Which is
0: a little more than Sochi. Sochi at yeah. 230.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we've got a few new uh, – few new uh, <clears throat> sports and um, and disciplines involved, so uh, we'll be a little bit larger there but uh, um, pretty similar
0: and what about the winter paralympic team that will be prepared for the united states what what size will that be
1: I think we'll be in um round eighty um for that one um and um you know again that kind of comes down to the last qualifications but uh, pretty good pretty good show there and I think actually with uh uh, the way that the Alpine team's shaping up, and the way that the snowboard team's shaping up, we've got a really good chance to have a great uh, Paralympic um, showing as well. So,
0: and the Paralympics are the Paralympics are part of your overall team preparation responsibilities. There,
1: they are. You know, we uh, recently um, kind of combined our. Um, the, Paralympics into sport performance, and so we're doing a lot more work together now to make sure that we're doing similar preparation on the Paralympic side that we do on the Olympic side, so that uh, athletes get what they need to go out and succeed and and uh, represent our country.
0: Now, uh, security is always there's always a security story with with every Olympics, a different one it seems. In Korea, the threat that seems to be getting most attention is the possibility of tensions exploding and war breaking out between North Korea and South Korea. I, I don't know, as much as anything else, this kind of thing seems like a, a mental thing uh, for athletes. Um, is, is it? Uh, do they need to, or how are they working to put this kind of worry aside to focus on their performance in Pyeongchang? Well-
1: Yeah, you know, I think when you talk about the security side of it, I mean, um, you know, the athletes are very focused on their performance. They're focused on preparation. They kind of count on us to work with our State Department uh, colleagues and to use the experts in that field to evaluate the situation and give them feedback, and that's what we've been doing. So I think that uh, as long as that's the case, that kind of relationship is is strong and the athletes feel as though they're – in a good place, and that we'll let them know if anything changes on that front. But but really the most important thing for them is they've focused so much of their life on pre- preparing for the games and
0: uh, to go
1: succeed there that they would like to, you know, really make that their, their primary focus, and that's what we're, uh, we're destined to do with them.
0: Uh, we were uh, taken by the comments last week by the USOC Director of Security, Nicole Deal, that, that she thinks the biggest threat, facing the safety security of US athletes in Pyeongchang may come from cyber attacks uh, yeah. what do you, what do you what does she mean by that what can you explain about that what do you well
1: I don't I'm not an expert in the cyber attack world um, so I'm really counting on her but I think the I think what she's looking at is that uh, you know the sophistication of cyber attacks continues to be um, to, to imper- increase and uh, and ultimately that would that as people travel into that part of the world for this big games where you got all these different countries coming together and all these different people coming together, that that's a real risk and that William, we're going to do everything we can to prepare for it just from the standpoint of, you know, protecting information and making sure that, uh, you know, things like health records and whatnot are protected as they should be, uh, Mm. remain private for people. And I think that's going to be, kind of in her mind at this stage of the game, the number one thing we need to focus on.
0: They could be subject to hacks that that would affect those kinds of records that could lead to uh, uh, other information being stolen, that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, you know, we've seen a lot of that. I mean, information being stolen from different organizations around the world and whatnot. And I think that, uh, you know, her focus on us, making sure we're doing everything we can to keep – our information um, secure is absolutely smart, and that's what we'll do.
0: And you're telling this, you're explaining this to uh, members of the team, potential uh, team members, that this is the sort of thing you have to deal with.
1: Well, we are. We'll, we'll, um, we'll as we get a little closer, we'll set up a strategy on, uh, when we have better probably information right before the games about how we want to communicate this and make sure that everybody's aware of it. But uh, I think it's good that Nicole is – you know kind of broadcasting now that this is going to be a, a, a focus of ours and and more to follow
0: One of the unresolved questions ahead of Pyeongchang is whether Russian athletes will be allowed to compete there who who may be implicated in the scheme to manipulate doping samples at the Sochi Olympics uh, Is this uncertainty affecting in any way uh, the u s athletes preparation for the games uh, your overall their overall view about whether there will be a fair field of play in PyeongChang.
1: Well, I think, you know, the whole, the uh, clean sport is really important to us and really a a focus for us. And I think, um, you know, we continue to want to advocate for absolutely the best possible system to support the athletes in clean sport. And I think from my perspective in the sport performance side of it, um, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna focus on the preparation of the athletes and those things they can control um, ultimately, which is that preparation, and then you know, work with our leaders here at the USOC and worldwide to continue to build the very best system to support the athletes worldwide in terms of clean sports. So, you know, as I look at it from you know from my chair and working with the NGBs and the athletes, I just um, I'm focused on their preparation right now. And then, uh, you know, communicating with my colleagues about the bigger picture and how we continue to improve
0: it. There will be no NHL players for these Winter Olympics. How is this affecting your preparations? First of all, I guess you have a smaller, less ho- high-profile team to worry about going to uh, to, to Korea. Let-
1: well, you know, it's going to be interesting. I think, the, first of all, our women's hockey team is uh, fantastic, you know, and I'm I think what we're doing is trying to work with them to figure out how they can absolutely maximize their uh, their performance on in February, and, you know, they're already, um, you know, best in the world, and, and I think it'll be a great competition in there, and, you know, so that's number one is making sure that the women's team has really got a great opportunity, and then, you know, with the lack of NHL players, we're going to end up, you know, the Scoutings going on right now in Europe and with some college players, and I think that uh, it'll be a different mix. It'll be a little bit different uh, uh, how the team comes together and when they come together. From the standpoint that uh, you know, it'll be right up right up at the games, but you know, don't count us out. I mean, we have a lot of great players in Europe, we have a lot of great uh, college players, and I think that uh, USA Hockey and and of course us are big dedicated, really putting the very best team on the ice and uh, see what they're capable of.
0: Well, who are the stars in addition to the hockey players, especially the women's hockey team? Who are the stars to watch for from the United States at uh, the 2018 Winter Olympics?
1: Well, I think the, uh, uh, of course, uh, Michaela Schifrin, um, she is an amazing alpine racer, you know, and you know, kind of where she is in her career and her age. I mean, she is uh, setting the world on fire. And I think that's uh, fantastic. Of course, we got uh, Lindsey Vaughn, You know, coming back from an injury, but um, an incredibly established, um, you know, um, competitor um, who you know I know to be one of the best competitors out there. So uh, there, that that's great. I think we got some really fun um, new opportunities. Our women's cross country team uh, has been. Very strong. Won medals last year at the World Championships, and you know we kind of go into this games with them uh, having an opportunity to uh, to win medals at the Olympic Games, which would be a, a first on our women's cross country program. Um, same thing happened in biathlon last year. We got you know uh, Susan Dunkley and and um, Lowell Bailey basically for the first time won medals at the World Championships. Um, Lowell's gold medal and that makes it really fun to to go into this comp into the olympics this year with a couple of athletes who have proven themselves to be best in the world and, and you know at top of the at the top of their game um so i think that'll be that'll be amazing to watch um heather bergman in in um in speed skating um you know or uh excuse me yeah richardson in speed speed skating will be uh, fantastic and um you know, it has, if you look at her track record um, over the last few years, is, you know, one of the most dominant uh, female speed skaters ever, and uh, we're excited about that. Um, I think some of the new disciplines, you know, big air and half pipe, uh, or big air and, uh, excuse, me, excuse me, and uh, snowboarding is going to be uh, a real opportunity for us. And frankly, freestyle and snowboard overall, uh, we have sh- super strong athletes, both on the men's and women's side. And I think that will be a a, a real opportunity for us. Um, So those are, you know, those are a few spots where I'm excited. But, you know, I kind of look across the board and I'm like, you know, there's not one single sport that I don't uh, see some bright spots in
0: right now. And that's pretty exciting. The U.S. was fourth in Sochi with 28 medals. How do you think the performance will compare to the 2014 games?
1: Uh, you know we're trying to push beyond that we're trying to do better than we did in sochi and i think that uh, that's always you know our objective is to help more athletes get prepared at a higher level so that you know when you look at the medal table at the end it's a reflection of the good work that the individual athletes have done and but also that we've done our part to help support them and uh, and and get them to the place where they're um, where they can compete at the top level and i think uh we can we can exceed that
0: let's uh, switch from winter to summer, part of your preparation right now is for the Tokyo Olympics in 2020, which includes five additional sports in addition to the 28 on the program, uh, as well as the new discipline of three-by-three three basketball. Um, How is this preparation working out? First of all, starting with the five sports, surfing, skateboard, karate, sport climbing, and baseball, softball. Um you, so we um you know on the on the new sports, I think that uh,
1: some of them were already pan Am sports, so we had a, a national governing body established, and it was just really transitioning from being a pan Am sport such you know so baseball and and softball into um an olympic sport. so that's car- that's gone well. Karate is
0: also i guess in that category yep. as well karate's,
1: karate's in that category and then and then in other instances such as uh you know surf uh skate and sport climbing. We've had to work to uh, establish a new national governing body, so that was a, really our first step, and we're uh, almost finished with that. And, uh, you know, and then it's going to be kind of looking at the unique and individual nature of each of the sports and figuring out, you know, much like we do with our, you know, established 28 sports in the summer side, you know, how to best um, identify the top athletes and then see what their needs are in terms of high performance. And, you know, my whole approach on this is to customize, take a look at what they're – specific needs are not try to put them in a you know a mold and then put some resources behind those those very top athletes to help them get where they need to be for 2020
0: and looking way far ahead here you have the choice by the ioc that paris will host 2024 and la the 2028 olympics what's it mean to have both of those cities selected like that and then looking far out to have los angeles that uh, at 2028 kind of the what? end of the end of the road there
1: yeah you know the knowing where the next uh three summer games are going to be you know tokyo paris and los angeles is really good for us from the standpoint of planning and organization but in particular having los angeles in 2028 gives us an opportunity to really think through how to maximize the impact of a home games Um, not only on, you know, a great Team USA effort in Los Angeles, but also the sorts of impact it can have on sport and participation and families and getting kids involved in sport. And I think, you know, there's, we have a really long window now, um, unprecedented in, in, you know, in our history. And I think that that gives us a really um, good opportunity to think through how to best maximize the impact of the, of the LA games and, and see what we can do to inspire all Americans and make it a really, really important part of our sport fabric for the future.
0: And now there's talk about a new S- new bid from the United States for the winter Olympics.
1: Yeah. You know, we're, uh, we're interested in the winter games just like we are in the summer games. And I think that, uh, you know, our objective was to make sure that we got uh, the summer um, Olympics established in the United States. And obviously that's been done. And now <clears throat> taking a look at uh, what's, what's possible with the winter games. And so, uh, we still have a, a process to put forward or forth, our our board will work on that and uh, make sure that we think through how we want to go about approaching this and also how we would vet the cities. But, uh, you know, clearly Scott and Larry have made it uh, clear to everybody that they're interested in taking a look at it, and so that will be uh, something that's on the docket for us, which is really exciting.
0: Alan Ashley has been our guest on this edition of Around the Rings Radio. Alan, thanks very much for joining us, and, and safe travels this week.
1: Okay. Thanks, Ed. I always appreciate it and appreciate the work you guys
0: do. Thank you. I'm Around the Rings editor, Ed Hula. Thanks to you for joining us on this edition of ATR Radio. Have a great day.